if someone asked you, what is glory and how do you get it, how would you answer? So I was curious to see what the people of the internet had to say about this, and so I found a website called Quora where someone posed the question like this, how does one achieve glory? Here's some of the answers. First answer, go help people in some way you can enjoy and receive acknowledgement for your good work. Okay, another one. Perform heroic action at the expense of self and have lots of people notice and admire your selfless act. One more. Set an ambitious and dignified goal. Dedicate your life to it. Don't quit till you accomplish it. So in other words, transfigure yourself, change yourself from the inside out, and then your earned glory will follow. Well, maybe you're a big etymology fan, as I know all of you are. You're huge into dictionaries, and you like to read them all the time. So just so you know, the Oxford Languages Dictionary defines glory in two ways. First meaning, high renown or honor won by notable achievements, or the second meaning, magnificence of great beauty. Is that the look of God's glory and the glory of his people? Is it the performance-based life that brings glory to Christians like you and me? How can we become, how can we be transfigured into the glory of God? Where do we find God's glory, especially at times like these, where wars are all around, the peace that we once knew three days ago is not the same anymore? All these questions will remain unanswered and hidden unless you know where to look. See, the prophet Moses, he discovered this the hard way. Maybe you know the story of Moses. He grew up in Pharaoh's house and he had to watch from a distance his family living the enslaved life, watching them toil every single day. And of course, that cut him to the heart. Moses wanted to rescue his family, his nation, single-handedly, and he thought if he could do that, that would be achieving God-like glory. But as you may know, what started as him stepping in to blow, to stop a blow of a slave driver's whip, well, that ended up in murder, which led to him running away for his life, being a refugee and losing everything. See, Moses, he wanted to transfigure himself. He wanted to go from a wannabe Egyptian in Pharaoh's house to a full throttle Yahweh-trusting Hebrew, but he didn't know what glory was yet. It wasn't until a dried up, burning bush in a wilderness that he started to begin, he started to understand what God's glory really looks like. But until that point, Moses thought he had to produce this transfiguration for himself. And so he looked within to try to change what was within. But as you know, the further you look within, only the more darkness you're going to find. I heard a story once of a pharmaceutical drug addict who talked about this dream he would have throughout his addiction. It just kept on coming again and again, and this was his dream. He'd be 100 feet down in the ocean. He'd look up, and he'd see the light dancing on the surface way up there, and so he'd start to struggle trying to get up towards that light, but he'd start to get tired, and he would look down, and he would see 10 feet below this oxygen bubble, and so he'd allow himself to sink, breathe in the oxygen, and then he would look up. Now he's 110 feet away, and he'd start struggling, and then he'd look down again, another oxygen bubble, and he just kept on going deeper and deeper and deeper into those dark ocean depths. 
And he described this as the perfect illustration for how his battle with addiction was going. He would look towards that light of being free, but then in order to get through life, he'd see that fix just a few steps away, and he would so often choose that, which only led him further and further away from freedom. See, in your and my life narrative, often we do the same thing with worldly glory. God's glory is hidden. You can only see it through faith. And so often we look for those pockets of worldly glory to try to get through life, thinking that we can, using the law, change ourselves on our own to be more like God. But the more we try to do that, the deeper and deeper we sink. The more we seek worldly glory, the more darkness we find. I mean, we're all seeing this on a world scale. A man thirsty for glory is sinking not just himself, but millions of people into the darkness of war. The reason that you and I will sink if we try to look within to find glory is because just like Moses and just like the billion of a kind people that have lived, we all have that skin of sin that weighs us down. Now there's a part in every single one of us called the sinful nature that would respond to that question, what is glory, much like those Quora responders did. I mean, what's the path to a better you? You've, you've heard this. Dream big, focus on that dream, and be self-disciplined, and then glory will be yours. Or how will your kids have a good future? Well, you have them listen to you, and they have a good, solid education, and they'll be set. Or how about this? How can you get better life opportunities? How can you achieve personal, sustaining glory? Well, you dream big, you work hard, you leave it all in the field, but you know as well as I do, you're not going to find lasting glory there. Those are all pockets of law oxygen. Yeah, maybe you turn to it. It gives you that momentary feeling of pride as you compare yourself to others, but the more you look at that law, the more you realize you don't measure up. And you see what Moses saw at first, that virulent veil where you can't find glory at all and you don't know how you're going to find it. See, true glory, it's hidden. And it can only be found in the hidden nature of our God. It wasn't until Moses saw God's glory in action as he saved God's people through plagues, as his glory embodied was a fire and a cloud, and they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. It was only then, as Moses saw God's saving nature, it was only then he began to see the right place where we uncover God's glory. But the issue is, just like with Moses, so often we look for glory in all the wrong places, right? We think about it. When we think about how we can better ourselves, we so quickly turn to the law. And so we think as we walk in this transfiguration life called sanctification, where we become more and more like God, we put it on ourselves. And so we start to think, okay, if I'm really becoming more like God, well, then I should have better finances. My kids should listen to me. I should have better life opportunities. My coworkers should treat me fairly. We're looking for God's glory in all the wrong places. And this is where we get to one of the most beautiful truths of Christianity. As a dear friend said to me earlier last week, Christianity is a paradox. It's, and it's a beautiful paradox. It's only when you see God hidden that he's the most personally and fully revealed to you. It's only through the Spirit working through the Word that you can see God as he is. That you can look at a cross and not see an execution device, but see life now and forever. 
It's that paradox that gives us hope even during uncertain times like these. I mean, Jesus came to open your eyes just like he opened Moses' eyes to see him as he truly is, a God who loves us dearly and is here for us. See, that's hard for us to conceptualize because our natural minds are hardwired by law. And so the law wants us to focus on the visual, on the appearances. We're driven by things like recognition and absence of pain and outward success. But none of those things give God's glory. And see, this is how Satan loves to contort the blessing of the law. The law's glory is found as that mirror for us. When we do look within and we look, through our, look at ourselves through the mirror of the law, we see how broken we are. Not to drive us to despair, but to drive us to the open arms of the gospel, ready to throw its arms around us, ready for Jesus to restore us. And then, when we think about our lives through faith and baptism, that law gives us this beautiful guide how we can show our love and thanks to the God who gave everything for you and me. But Satan wants us to misuse the law, to use it to focus on appearances. If the appearances of God's glory don't line up with how we conceptualize glory, well then, it can't be glory. We have all these questions, questions that people are asking the world over right now, questions like, where is God? Now, God, why, why can't you appear to me or to everyone like you did for Moses on Mount Sinai? If I just saw your glory like that, I would never doubt you again. Or Jesus, why can't you appear to us like you did for Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration? I would never fall victim to a sin again. Lord, why did you set aside the full use of your power while you walked this earth? If you, were just, if you were walking around like a flash of lightning everywhere, people would have believed in you. Why? Lord, why do you use the weakness of human language and people like us to communicate the life-changing, eternally transforming word? None of it makes sense, but it really is simple. It's because we can only know God if he's hidden. You're only going to personally uncover God if He reveals himself to you. It's only something the Spirit can do. It's only something that God, through the Word, can accomplish. It's not on you and me to accomplish this on our own. We can't. But seeing our lives through Moses' eyes of faith, we see the beauty and that magnificent glory we're all longing for. I don't have to tell you that we walk in a world that's scarred by the ugliness and darkness of sin. I don't know about you, but after I see all these apartment buildings blown up in Ukraine, you see just children and families displaced forever. You just, it makes your heart break. And you think to yourself, it can't be, this can't be it. This can't be all this life is. And that's because it's not. All of us have this longing in our hearts for beauty. Have you ever asked yourself the question, I, I want to be more beautiful. How can I do that? I'm not just talking about physical beauty. I'm talking about life as we want it to be, life as we long for it to be. Well, there aren't wars and tears, none of that. We have this longing for beauty because God has put that within each of us. We're looking forward to that coming age when what Moses saw, that glory that he saw, will pale in comparison when we see Jesus' face for the first time. That coming age where we will shine with the undimmed majesty of God for all eternity. Our faces growing in brightness day by day because we'll be walking in the presence of God and we'll see him and know him 
fully. That's what's going to come. And that's that magnificent glory that Jesus has in mind for each and every one of you. See, Jesus' glory, it's not as the world gives. No, his glory is found on the cross where injustice and suffering and hell itself met, but it couldn't stand. It couldn't stand up to the glory of the Son of God. See, Jesus' glory, he didn't come to give you the best life until death. He didn't come to give you a life that avoided death. He gave you something far better. His glory is there to give you a life on the other side of death. Think about Moses. If you know his story, later on after this, he does something reckless, makes a terrible leadership decision, trying to take glory for himself. And because of that, he was barred from entering the promised land of Israel on this side of death. But now we find him again on the other side of death, standing in that promised land for the first time. But it didn't matter to him as much anymore because he got to be there with Jesus right before Jesus would go to Jerusalem to reveal his glory once and for all. He got to be there to encourage him to make his departure. Jesus' own exodus leading us out of our slavery of sin to that promised land of gospel freedom. He knew, just like you know, that when we stand in God's presence, that's when our transfiguration happens. That's when we're changed from the inside out. What does your transfiguration look like? Moses shows us. By being in God's presence, what does it say? His face was radiant. We're transfigured not by having a perfect score in the game called the law. We're not transfigured by our outward success or absence of pain. No, we see God's glory revealed at the cross, glorified at the resurrection, revealed in places that the world considers to be wrong. An execution device? A foot-washing towel in Jesus' hands? Pain? Suffering? But that's exactly where we find glory. That's exactly where you find Jesus. When you hit your low points and you're on your knees, all of a sudden you see him scooting his knees up next to yours, crying with you. That's, that's true glory that the world can't see, but you do. So you see with eyes of faith like Moses did. See, we see Jesus' presence most personally and deeply. And we're sitting in our living room with a Bible open on our laps and we're around the dinner table with our kids. When you hit a verse that just strikes your heart, it's like he's in that room with you, which of course he is. All of a sudden you pick up your hand to wipe away that tear and you see that comfort and hope that you have. It's, it's your Savior wiping your tears away already before you go into that promised land. Even with all the suffering going on in Ukraine, we know, and they know, the Christians there know, there's a God who's waiting for them on the other side no matter what happens. See, I just think there's something beautiful here about Moses. Like it says in Exodus 34, Moses was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. See, there were no selfie cams back then. There were no filters that could recreate this beaming face effect. No, it was none of that. Instead, Moses' face beamed because he was walking in the transcendent presence of God. I just think there's something incredible that Moses didn't think about his beaming face or that he didn't even know about it. It's the same thing for you and I. 
as the Lord transfigures us through the word, through baptism, through the sacrament. The more we're in the presence of God, the more we're absorbed by his magnificent glory, we don't realize that we're beaming, but we are. We're not distracted by the things of this life because we're so encapsulated by him. And so all of a sudden, life looks a whole lot different when the light of Jesus is shining through us. Now we look at our work, and maybe there's a lot of stresses there for you right now, and maybe you're just not getting along with your coworkers, but because you know who Jesus is, and you stand in his presence, you can be a light of Jesus to everybody in that office. Even when your kids have colds and they're throwing temper tantrums, you can still pass on that legacy of light that Jesus has given you. Even when there's wars, there's high gas prices and inflation and supply chain issues, whatever is on your mind right now, you haven't lost a thing because Jesus' golden light of grace is your greatest security. You could lose it all, but if you have Jesus, you still have everything. When you see life through those faith-focused eyes and you see the gospel shining full throttle, nothing compares. Because you know what God's presence is and God's presence will keep on transfiguring you until you are walking with him in newness of life forever. You know as well as I do, when you meet God by faith, you're never the same. In fact, the Spirit is working and you're becoming more and more like him. You know, just like the moon shines with the glory, the rays of the sun, the light of the sun, so too we shine as we reflect God's love and his light in our own lives. See, one day you're going to know the promise of that ancient blessing that we hear every single Sunday. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Run, dear Christians, to that grace-filled garden, that hidden garden of glory that we so often can't see, but by faith you do. Even as you traverse this world known as paradise lost with all of its tragedies and wars and suffering, know that one day you'll be walking in a place called Paradise Regained. Where all the things that we see right now, we won't see them at all. In fact, we'll see God fully as he is. We'll see everything revealed to us. Nothing will be hidden. The plan that we never could understand of God, we'll see it laid out before our eyes and it'll blow us away. But there's one sight that's going to take the cake. When you're looking into the glorious, smiling face of your God, who did everything so you could be there with him. That's the sight that will make you shine forever and where tears will never, ever appear on your face again. Amen. And to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be all glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.